0: Welcome to the Liberalish Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus, and you'll hear from my co-hosts, Carly and Keith, momentarily. We also had uh, one of our contributors, Ryan, also step up uh, and join our discussion this week as well. Uh, We skipped last week just because of some scheduling conflicts, but came back in full force. I imagine that we'll do at least one or two more episodes before the holidays uh, and then come back strong after the Georgia runoffs in January. But there's still a lot that's uh that can happen between now and then uh for instance donald trump isn't going anywhere we're so close to being free of him but he's still out here doing shit uh his latest is the executions of his i think 10th and 11th actually his 9th and his 10th uh prisoners on death row and there are three more that are scheduled and if the all of their executions go through as planned then he will have executed 13 people this year which will be the highest number for federal executions since i want to say 1896. let's kind of put it into context so we uh we dive into that and more kind of criminal justice just miscues miscues actually doesn't really cover the problems that we're having but you know, it is something that we discuss uh, for, for at length on this episode uh then we also dive into joe biden and his cabinet which is kind of going well um i don't think there is anything that's been obviously bad uh there have been some quote-unquote swamp creatures aka you know well-connected folks getting jobs um i think the only appointment that has people scratching their heads or shaking or, or wagging their fingers is uh, the appointment of Tom Vilsack over Marshall Fudge who wound up taking the HUD job and we kind of dive into that and what we wanted to see happen and what should have happened. Um, There's also that phone call between Biden and the NAACP leaders uh, where they express you know, their desires for him to tackle criminal justice reform and he says no, we're not going to do that because uh, defunded police killed us at the polls and we kind of tackle you know, <laughs> that conversation that's kind of been happening in the backgrounds for a lot of people that pay attention to politics probably too much attention but you know we offer our thoughts on that as well Uh, and then yeah we then we kind of just get mad at the democratic party uh, for you know not being the best run organization or one that people need and then we also tackle it feels weird to say we tackle racism but you know it's something that's so prevalent in our society that it just seems weird to talk about politics as black people and not tackle it. So we dig into that as well and how it kind of influences what we're seeing from uh, the criminal justice issues to Biden's relationship with the NAACP and black voters and then things like this COVID bill which, uh, that's you know kind of still hanging around the house and know where where the senate might go and what's happening to neil warnock in georgia you know you you see it everywhere and it's definitely something that we talk about today so you know that and more you'll hear uh for the rest of this episode uh so yeah here's episode 13 of the liberalish podcast enjoy
1: all right guys welcome to another episode of liberalish um i do apologize for us missing last week's episode i was just too busy wrapping up finals but it's over i'm a free man now we're back on track Woo! and we have a very special guest here uh, i'd like to introduce uh, to everyone here ryan i think you did an episode of us before ryan's our uh, yeah, social did, media a... guru <laughs> try. <laughs> <It's your> try. <laughs> so if anything happens on our twitter account don't yell at us don't yell at me carly or marcus yeah. please yell at ryan it's his fault he's the guy you should Not know the know vibe me. man Right. Exactly. Exactly. So welcome to the pod, Ryan. Welcome again. Pleasure for you to be here. All right. uh, So we actually have some good news to start off here. Um, This is probably breaking news. This might surprise at least half the country. But Joe Biden is our president-elect. And it's like official now.
2: (laughs) For the fifth time this time, it's
1: official. (laughs) How many times can
0: you win? Or if you're Trump, how many times can you lose? He keeps winning, man. There'll be so much winning. So much more winning than you would ever even believe, right? That's what Trump told us.
1: Right, exactly. And I'm glad it's carrying no on, to on to the middle. Right, right. Wow. Exactly.
0: Biden's just jacking uh, uh, Trump. He's just going to make America great again and do all this winning for him. <laughs> it's wild how that's going to work out.
1: All right, man. I'm looking forward to his next four years. I mean, we're already off to a good start. He's won the presidency five times already. It hasn't even started his term yet. So five time mm-hmm. president of the United Jeez. States. Yeah. FTR has nothing on him. <laughs> not not a thing. All right. Um, so let's talk to let's talk about our first section of the podcast, which is criminal justice reform. Uh let's dive into some good news before we go into some bad news. Um, so California passed a law to require cops they must either be 25 years old or at least have a four-year degree in order to become a cop. Uh, so shout outs to the state of California for least trying there. And that's all for our good news for uh, criminal justice reform, block. But that's it? Uh, There's nothing else? You <laughs> have nothing else to point to? <laughs> we have nothing else to point to. Oof. Okay. <laughs> it's all
2: pretty depressing. We're you. not reforming anything at this space. Right.
1: Oh, you're foreshadowing here, Ryan. You're foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. We'll give it a couple <laughs> months, all right? Got to wait and see. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: we got to wait and see here. Um. So uh, Brandon Bernard, uh, in case you haven't known about him, he was a 40-year-old federal convict. Um, he was recently executed. Um, a little bit about his background was that he was 18 years old when he was charged was one of five gang members involved in a murder. I don't think he was actually the one to pull the trigger or anything like that. No. I think he was like an accessory he, to it. Um, he,
3: was, oh. uh, he's, he played a very minor role in it. Um, he actually set the car on fire Mm-hmm. Um, so they were um, put in the trunk um, they, the other members told him to set the the car on fire to I guess destroy the evidence um so but um before his execution um, even like some of the jurors that were on his case um the prosecutor that tried his case had um, basically said they kind of regret giving him that sentence um, mm-hmm. because of his role in it and also how old he was at the time and um, you know, I th- I think I think that's important to notate because you know, like like I said, I I'm I'm not uh, I'm against the death penalty. I mean, everybody has their own opinions, um, but I feel like our criminal justice system is way too flawed for that to even be a, a punishment, um, an option for punishment. Um, if you think about how many people are wrongfully convicted and sit in prison for years, decades, their whole life, um, you can only assume that there's errors in capital punishment, um, even. Kim Kardashian had came out and basically pleaded to Donald Trump because he had gotten some of uh, her other cases that she had been working with. Um, like she got the like that the older the elder woman, the grandmother. Um, I believe her name is Alice Johnson. She got her. Um, she was able to get her. Um, her life sentence. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh,
1: commuted, yeah. right? Yeah, commuted.
3: Yeah. And um, it's just and then um, before Donald Trump came into um before Donald Trump, there hadn't been a federal execution um, in 17 years.
1: Um,
3: And there's been, I'm sorry, I'm sorry if my number's off. I'll I'll fix it or I'll correct it like once Mm -hmm. it's done, but I believe there's been 12 and Donald Trump is responsible for eight of them. Um, So when you put all those factors together, you kind of start to wonder like, should we what are we doing about capital punishment um and then I guess for me that's something that I'm looking to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris I know Kamala Harris has like kind of like a history of being tough on crime so it's very interesting to see how um maybe she's able to kind of fix some errors that she may have made in the past um in Joe Mm -hmm. Biden considering he was Obama's vice president um and Obama was against the death penalty. He didn't um, do, there were no federal executions when he was the president. I'm curious to see if Joe Biden will follow in the same footsteps or if he will, you know, there's some reform in that, or if he'll, you know, try to push forward getting rid of it completely. But I mean, I've always been really curious me. um, I guess one of my biggest things with the death penalty is again, um, our criminal justice system is severely flawed. It's very biased. Um, Mm -hmm. And also I just think um, it's morally wrong. It's morally wrong for another human being. Listen, like judges are people just like you and I. Um, they went to school okay. just like the rest of us. They, you know, that's just a career. That's their job. Um, and I don't think it's fair for anyone to make a decision of whether or not someone lives or dies. If, you know, me and you are two diff- two people. Um, I don't think it's fair for another person to decide if someone lives or dies, especially considering how young he was. And he's yeah, he spent seventeen. He spent seventeen years in prison, and, and uh, prison officials um had even said that he was you know he he did a lot of rehabilitation um during his years incarcerated. He did a lot of work. He talked to uh, youth. He talked to people that would I guess um visit the prisons. You know sometimes they have those programs where people visit prisons and they hear uh-huh. like stories. So basically, he was encouraging people not to follow in his footsteps. So I think something has to be said for. Um, our criminal justice which says that one of the goals of our criminal justice system is rehabilitation and you know I can't help but to wonder if someone s- proves or or demonstrates uh, them being rehabilitated or they're working towards rehabilitation does that not count does that not matter it's kind of like a contradiction which is the story of the United States criminal justice system is just a, a big um miscon, a big uh, contradiction and and there's I believe, four more scheduled, three more scheduled. There were five. Um, Trump has five more that he has to carry out. Um, three
0: more scheduled, yep.
3: There's three more because after Brandon, the day after Brandon, um, I forgot his name. I'm so sorry. I forgot his Alfred,
0: name. Alfred Bourgeois.
3: Yeah, he uh, he was executed on Friday. Um, and then there's three more. So, Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that'll be thirteen executions this year, which I think is the most. Uh, would be the most. Um, actually, already passed the most executions by federal government since eighteen ninety six. Just to kind of put it into context, um, that this is beyond the norm, and the fact that this is, you know, this is something that these uh, executions were scheduled back in twenty nineteen by Bill Barr. Um, and it's just. Uh, in the time and the, with so much going on with the, with, with corona and the pandemic, that, you know, this government is still kind of going through with these executions. It just, uh, it just speaks to the, the real, just kind of evilness of this administration, uh, as a whole. And just, it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad to see, especially as you got into the details about, um, uh, his name skips my head, but um, he the the young man who was killed for for a crime he committed when he was 18, and it wasn't even a violent crime. So, yeah. it's just, it's just sad that this is the state of affairs. Um, you know,
3: and 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 I just want to say, um, a lot of people's theory is an eye for an eye, and I understand that. But uh, Kim Kardashian ironically made a good point. Um, bringing, um, killing Brandon won't bring back what he did. They, he won't. It won't bring back the people that he lost. Um, mm-hmm. that he that you right. know he took away. And I think if we're really trying to punish people um, I don't think that that it equals out I don't I think there's a way to punish people properly Um, I believe in the prison system Um, I don't believe in the prison system that we have I do believe that there needs to be severe reform when it comes to prison incarceration mass incarceration Um, but it's just it's not fair it doesn't do any good it doesn't you know correct anything it doesn't and it's and it's not a deterrent. It doesn't stop other people from committing like crime similar to it. So it really, it really has no real basis as to why. And it kind of contradicts the, the, you know, like the whole um, we're part of like an international. There's an international bill of rights that you know literally everyone applies with, and it mm-hmm. completely contradicts that Bill of Rights, which gives us the right to life and it shouldn't be taken away by, by a government agency or, or any, any sort. So if you get the chance to read that and you think about that, you understand it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah
1: no, for sure, I agree. I mean, we really just don't focus on actual rehabilitation, it's just removing the people from society. And then when you go back into society, You're it's never ending cycle. So yeah. it, our criminal justice isn't a joke, like you said. Um, but still on this topic and even still more bad news Uh, last week there was a shooting in Columbus, Ohio um, where a a sheriff deputy was on the hunt for a fugitive and so while he was on the hunt quotation marks um, he saw a black guy with a gun and shot him and this poor guy died in front of his um, grandmother and his five-year-old brother now here's the thing Um, I know that in America, uh, the Second Amendment seems to be pretty Um, one-sided, but this guy actually had a license to carry. Uh, He had no warrants, no nothing. There was just really no excuse for this cop to talk to him. Um, Also, this cop is claiming that he had a full-fledged verbal confrontation with this guy. There is not a soul (laughs) to back that up. There's no uh, cameras. There's nothing to back that up. So he could just pull out his card. Walked up, shot the guy as he was trying to enter his house. Um, so that just shows the need uh, for just criminal justice reform, uh, which leads us to our final topic in this uh, pretty depressing uh, section here. So Joe Biden, uh, President-elect Joe Biden, uh, he, was on, he had a phone call with uh, some civil rights leaders like NAACP, whole line. Um, This phone call was leaked. I don't know which side leaked the phone call, but it was leaked. So we got the details of it. Uh, So basically like the civil rights uh, group really wanted Joe Biden to prioritize police reform. And Joe Biden's response to it was a little bit heartbreaking uh, because he did kind of campaign for pushing for criminal justice reform and police reform. But his response to the civil rights leaders was simply like, hey guys, we got a killer to pull us and defund the police, so let's not let's not push police reform too hard right now. It's just like, yikes, man. <laughs> so what are you actually going to do, especially for a group of people who came out and like a huge bunch to get you elected? You know, you know what? Go ahead.
3: I was, you know, I think maybe we should change the term. Like maybe the 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 defund the police is what's getting people because mm-hmm. it's, it's. I feel like people are thinking like just take money away from the police, like just get rid of the police. And, and like, we won't have any police on the streets. People would just be a free for all. Like we just, you know, and I, I think people should educate themselves more on exactly what we're asking um, when we say defund the police. It's just like, I, I'm pretty sure we talked about this in previous, I think the last podcast we touched on this, but uh-huh. um, major cities like New York, uh, uh, LA and stuff like that. A lot of police departments have a, a large budget like mm-hmm. an astronomical budget. But then when you look at the budget for other areas, like public housing, education, uh, healthcare, stuff like that, it's severely lacking. And so literally, it's just taking, it's, it's like taking a cup and just, you know, making sure each cup is equally full. Um, and that's it. You know, we, I understand that there is a need there. Nobody's trying to get rid of the police. Um, some people do want to get rid of the police like completely but I think the people who are 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 pushing for defund the police understand that that's not the realistic approach but more Mm -hmm. so um just like kind of like have using maybe some of the budget that you have for like certain trainings or um hiring more um people in certain communities that look like that come from that community you know like I think um, a lot of people are losing sight and it's just it's become like a radical thing like all oh, the radicals just want to get, you know, and I, I just think that's completely um, excuse my I think that's just stupid. And I think anyone who's smart enough or is really interested in making a change in this country, instead of you know just. Pointing the finger, or complaining, or just you know, kind of trying to do away with you know actual change, realizes that that's what we're asking, and I don't think that's a I think that's a fair ask. So I'm I'm I hope that maybe he's just a little bit confused as to what we're talking about. But if not, then that's very upsetting because that's something that needs to
1: happen. And I agree with you 100, though. Uh, but let me just clarify a couple of things, though. Um, I think the Joe Biden camp did want to bring out the new term reimagine policing. I think that was like the new term the, the terminology they to go with. Okay. But I do also want to emphasize um, none of the major civil rights groups that we kind of grew up with, none of them are really pushing for, uh, quote unquote, defund the police. Uh, they are pushing for police reform. Yes. Um, I think that was like the messaging and slogan that they were going for. I think defund the police is more so Black Lives Matter um my beef was this is like joe biden did kind of campaign on this uh democrats you know in the house also did campaign on this um i think they were trying to push for like a registry for like, um you know if, if a cop does something bad they're going to have like a registry for that yeah uh i think just my whole beef is like now since you got elected now you're starting to go away from that those talking points out of fear of defund the police right. and i don't think we're just like we're not even talking about defunding the police, we're just talking about reforming the police. And that's where the
3: conversation
0: lies. I think that's because, I mean, this is all reflexive to what Democrats think happened in the polls though. I I don't think, for instance, I think if, like uh, if the, if we don't suffer the huge losses if the Democrats don't suffer the huge losses in the house, you're probably not going to see this, Oh, defund the police, this, this drive against defunding the police and people like Barack Obama going on TV and talking about, Oh, how that's a, that's a non-starter. Or we can't really talk about this. And I think ju- criminal justice reform is just kind of suffering because there's this like reaction to what's to, to, to the election. And we're having people thinking about this in terms of electoral politics instead of what actually needs to get done in actual policy. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard to sell that. I think for for folks that aren't in major cities or don't have like that large, you know, hard liberal wall that they can kind of rely on to get them elected. They're trying, they they don't want that to be a priority because that's hard to go back and sell to their constituents, to the folks that they're gonna have to turn around in two years and try to get them to vote uh, to keep their office again. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, so I kind of get where Biden is coming from or I get why that they're doing that. I think it's unfortunate
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: just because again, this is something that needs to get done. Like. If you have people just if you have people just being gunned down for no reason uh by cops, that's that's something that still needs to get fixed. And it's a problem for you know a large chunk of the population. And if you're not gonna go and address it because you're afraid of how people how other people are gonna vote who don't have to worry about it, it's problematic. It's a it's a problem, it's it's a huge problem that needs that something needs to be done about it. And I don't know. If that's being stressed, or if that's something, it's it seems like it's it should have been stressed, especially after the whole George Floyd thing, where it seemed like we turned a corner, and it's clear that we haven't. And it's, it's, it's very just, clear
1: that we haven't. I, I it's, think- it's so
0: clear, and it's just frustrating that we're you know we're still you know arguing we arguing over this, where it's like no, this has to get done. Let's let's get something done.
1: Can I ask a question about the defund the police? Really, like um, you know, reduce the gains in the House for the Democrats, or kind of like, uh, causes losses? Because the way I'm looking at the election is like there are so many different factors that came about yes every republican ad had a defund the police tone to it but to me i think there was like so many different factors like for example in south florida cubans voted republican because if you're socialism right yeah. you know that was kind of the driving piece it wasn't defund the police like florida doesn't really push for that at all really you know so it's just like
0: i don't think it was i don't think it was i just think that you have democrats didn't really campaign on anything besides oh we have to stop trump who didn't really stand, didn't really fight up against anything that was that they were accused of? Like if you, like it's easy to counter things like defund the police by saying no, this is what we want. But I would go back and really look exhaustively at those campaigns and say, okay, what did you say to counter this attack against you? And I think what you would find is that not a lot of people did that. That they weren't really reaching out besides saying, oh, we're go- we're the resistance. We're going to stand up against Trump. That's cool in 2018 but in 2020 you need a little more than that you need to actually you know argue for some of the policies that you know joe biden actually did put forth in his plan are, are those things that you stand for what do you what do you stand for
3: i think joe biden has to um kind of i don't know if it's um maybe he's i don't know if maybe he's like waiting i guess until he's like in the white house to kind of like be more clear on his direction and some of his policies, um, which I can understand. um, But at the same time, it's, it's not, it's really not that big. I think a lot of, quote unquote, socialists or or whatever you want to call them issues aren't really, you know, and it's funny to me, because a lot of people view socialism as this, like, you know, this crazy thing. And it's really, you know, it's really not. And I think um, we have to kind of Start to make it clear um what exactly we expect from, you know, these from the people that we elect. And I think sometimes uh-huh. you know, we let them get by because we're trying to, like, like Marcus said, we're just on some like <laughs> we have to get rid of Trump. Granted, yes, Trump needed to go. Uh-huh. But I said, you know, I even said when they were elected, I'm like, you know, this is really great that, you know, we got this closure that we know that we are moving on with the new president. But at the same time, it's like, I, you know, we're not, I don't expect anyone to take it easy on Joe Biden, you know, expect the same things. You know, if you're asking for certain things or you're expecting certain things or, or, you know, that you're campaigning on certain policies that appeal to, you know, your voters, then you have to do something about that. You have to act on this, like defund the police, whether you want to call it re re reimagine the police, new police, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. The fact remains is like people really just, you know, you get tired of turning on the news and it's the same old shit and it's the same old, same old and it's like, you know, enough already. And that's, and that's really what it boils down to. It's like, I think we're just all and this year has been very devastating in in terms of the pandemic and, and social justice and the election and the runoff and all this stuff. And regardless of how it is or however, you know, he wants to handle it, like things have to change. And I don't think it's fair for him, if this is his plan, if he's sort of like reneging from what he plans on doing. I think that that's very unfortunate, but I, I would hope that he would realize how, you know, divisive that may be.
2: I, um, what, when I see Joe Biden, I see an old centrist Democrat. Like he was never gonna be on board for any of these ideas. I'm. This is the problem with the DNC. They have no directions. I, I think the inner problem with the Democratic party is the leadership. I think um, the fact that what's happening in Georgia is happening now where it looks like Warnock is getting beat up by Kelly Loeffler, that shouldn't be happening Like in general. And the fact that I think Democrats always look for a scapegoat in 2010. They said it was Obamacare, but it it was not Obamacare. They just ignored the fact that the Tea Party was a serious thing that they Mm -hmm. had to pay attention to. You know, yep. defund the police is not the reason why people lost the seat. They lost a seat because the DNC keep not doing the 50 state strategy that they're supposed to do. They do coast by coast campaigning. And so we have we lose everything down ballot, down ticket, everything. And. That's yeah. the inherent problem with the party and it has no direction. Like the party has no direction. They fund the police. Come on. If you're a smart enough or a college educated or, or even a high school graduate graduated yeah. per, person, you can get the idea behind. Um and it's
3: been said enough times to where you can get it. And multiple people have come out and mm-hmm. basically just laid it out for you, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like
2: the, I don't it's think like I, the th- kneeling phenomenon. It's
0: like I think I think you're Catherine giving high school kneeling. grads too much, too much credit. <laughs> True. just just to be fair because i i think if you look at one of the things that did come out of this election that we know of is that folks that are <laughs> college educated were, were voted strongly in favor of donald trump but that's across races hispanic black white whatever you are the, high, the non-college degree of voters you know were eating up whatever he was selling you know? whether that was socialism uh is coming whether that's defunding the police whatever he was selling they were eating it up so you
2: know my, i don't my, know if i want my to my put issue,
0: faith in them just to be my issue to be of,
2: my issue with americans are is that they <laughs>
1: Oh I'm they can choose
2: what kind of what kind of <laughs> socialist policy they want and <sighs> which one they think is great. Because if you take a history class, they're gonna everybody gonna tell a rave about every history teacher is gonna rave about the great the Great New Deal or whatever that what was called. Yeah,
0: the, the New the, Deal. The New the, Deal the new, I had a new that's deal.
2: one of the that's probably one of the biggest socialist policy in the world has ever seen. And mm-hmm. nobody talks about it like, oh that's a socialist policy, that's a government handouts, but that's socialist policy. Like so you got to hang I out with like some. Liber-
0: if you hang out with some libertarians, they'll tell you that social security and and mm-hmm. <laughs> that social security and, and government healthcare are definitely socialist policies that they want to get rid of. But I can get your point, though. You are you are yeah, exactly yeah. right. You are yeah. kind of picking You are choosing on with the, the, on the things that we're okay with. Socialism right. in certain spots, and then other uh, times, it's like, oh, you're on your own. Yeah, you
3: also, feel like need people are severely just um ignorant when it comes to like just different forms of um government. You know, we've been we've been kind of brainwashed to think that every other form of government that exists across the world or in other countries is yeah. just, like, oh my God, you yeah. know, whatever. And it's like when you really break down socialism, it's like I don't and it's just funny to me, considering that a majority of the population in this country are not rich. Um it's a it's amazing to me how so many people cape for capitalism, which is what we have. Um, when if you look at like socialist policies it's really just community based it's just m- giving more to people like you mm-hmm. live like you live in this country we want to give you more to live in this country and because we've been brainwashed it's like oh no that's not a good idea I don't want no help like oh, yeah. no. you know and it just yeah, it, I, yeah. Makes yeah sense to me and I think the problem is the language maybe maybe people are com- getting confused by the words that are being used or the or whatever the case may be and you have to get past that, the fact remains is whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to dress it up as, is really just all groups into criminal justice reform. Like our criminal justice system needs to be changed, um, like laws need to be changed, policies need to be changed, like like uh, minimum sentencing needs to go away, all this type of stuff, it all like is under, it's in one pot. And that's the same thing with police reform. Like, it's also crazy to me how people have been conditioned to believe that if like a cop is supposed to be arresting someone for doing something bad, then like, they can just kill them. Cause like, you're like, you're, you did a yeah. bad thing. So it's like, that's not like, it's just people have to take the time instead of just saying things and thinking things like educate yourself, like read about it. If you're not sure what something means, if you're not sure what someone means by what they say, hold them accountable. Like, okay, what do you mean by it? And then if they, you know, people don't watch the debates. They don't why They don't care about when people are explaining things. <laughs> they just ignore it and say, I don't like that but why don't you like it? Because it doesn't sound good. Well, what what does it mean? I don't know. So, you know, it just, it's like, it's just a lot of like ignorance. And I think also like with us, you know, when it comes to Democrats, we don't hold them accountable. Um, you know, we elect them because we're told that they're supposed to, they're for us. They do, they, you know, they're our, we're supposed to vote for them. And then it's like almost when they get into office, it's kind of like, well, you know, we got what we wanted and that's, you know,
2: It is what it is. Now, I I see where you're coming from. I feel like it's, with Americans, it's really lost in translation. And I'm gonna keep coming back to this point because it's like, it's the idea that most Americans are indoctrinated to pull themselves up by the bootstrap or they see a rich person. So they're thinking like, if I work hard enough, I'm going to be, I'm going to be wealthy. I'm going to be rich. But nobody would sit down and tell a person, look, people don't get rich by working like most people inherit wealth or it's it's in capital their money isn't tied up in capital or investment or something like that but an average person wouldn't understand me explaining that to them they would think i'm i'm just trying to like be, be a socialist to them yeah and and negative because i'm selling them, selling them a short but we all can't be rich so
0: also, don't underestimate how people. A lot of people are just a lot of the rich are just born into their own families, which I think is another thing that just kind of gets oh, yeah. over, overlooked. Like a lot of the wealth is just inherited wealth or passed wealth that's mm-hmm. passed down okay. from fam- from generation to generation. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a matter of people picking them up, picking themselves up by the bootstraps, quote unquote. Although that's yeah, a very, that, that's what I've very, been saying. That's such yeah. a strong idea, though. I think it's Carla, You said it a couple episodes. Like there's this idea that's of of personal responsibility that kind of undergirds so much of what we see in this country, where people just feel like. uh people just feel like they have to they have to take responsibility for themselves and they're responsible for how they how they operate and how they move throughout yeah. life and they kind of expect that from everybody else yeah. At least and they put it out there and because of that like you don't you'll see that you know they don't want oh, this is language like oh uh we don't want the government helping us or we shouldn't be giving out people's people shouldn't be getting handouts or anything like that when it's and,
3: it's and it's like
0: self-defeating
1: all uh-huh. No, i
3: it's i like, agree it yeah
1: No, I agree. And uh, so Marcus had like a pretty good theory, not theory, but he has like a topic down here about like how we're losing our local news. And I think that's the main reason why we're seeing this more of a polarization in America is because, you know, we're only turning to like our national news sources, right? Yeah. Um, So if you only watch like Fox news or OAN, you're going to have a very, very radical view Of the country of the world right Facts. and if you turn to like cnn like I, I like cnn i have cnn on right now but like cnn it's also a you know company it has to make money so it's just going to sensationalize like certain news uh, segments or certain scenarios to like to get more eyeballs through it so i think like the kind of the slow depth of our local news media like our local newspapers or for example it's kind of like causing that major polarization and it's, it's really sad
0: I think it's even even a scarier thing with local news too. Is that you know while newspapers are kind of faltering uh, across the country, TV news networks, which you know were another f- uh, way to, for local places to kind of hold, uh, hold elected officials, hold companies to, uh, to hold to hold them to a standard, basically be able to call them out on their bullshit. More and more of them have kind of been bought up by like you know one or two companies, and there's this there's this kind of consolidation that's happened, wherein you're not going going to learn about um everything that's happening in an area and that's only going to make this polarization issue even tougher to, to worry about because instead of you know getting what's going on in your backyard you're getting you know you're getting editorials from uh i forget oh, what's the name of the company um it's that's ah, going to annoy me but yeah there's basically a company that's buying up all of these stations and you're getting this sinclair kind of
2: broadcasting group
0: sinclair that's what it was yeah, thanks sinclair yeah, it's companies like that that are just kind of buying up all these stations, and instead of you know us getting you know an actual you know real telling of what's going on, we're kind of getting their kind of corporatized idea of what's happening. It's really, it's not helping this polarization issue that we're going through.
1: Yeah, and this is also like a little bit off of a tangent here, but I, I currently live in Florida, and our governor is just super radical. And now normally, when you hear the word radical, you think like you know AOC or those type of people, but like you know this guy, he was recently caught trying to, um, you know, reduce our our COVID numbers, basically. He, was, he sent state troopers out after, like, the person in the Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah. And, I like, try to the documents because, like, he wanted to reduce, like, our official COVID count, which is why I don't leave the house. And then, two, he also wanted to push to expand the standard ground law, which is already controversial, where, like, if you see, like, a looter, whatever that means, that you have the right to shoot and kill that person. So... Mm-hmm. Absolutely radical ideas. This guy should be impeached or recalled, whatever you want to call it, but, like, yeah, no, no, no like, real big thing in our local news whatsoever. And, like, he's probably going to get reelected in 2022. So that's this nuts. is real frustrating, you know?
2: Um, and, and I think one of the, the reasons that's been overlooked why Trump happened is for stations like Sinclair, broadcasting group, was, which controls the news rights to 40% of the local news channel in, in the country. And, and they show to at least 200 million people in the country. And the study shows that they lean conservative. Like Sinclair Group is like a Republican group, so Republican led group. So, like, that's one of the reasons why, like, they, they, as Marcus said, they were moving away from like news that happened in your backyard to watching your local news and it's straight national politics and stuff like that. And they get like scripts sent. I think John Oliver did a cover on the Sinclair Group also. He did. They send grip. They send scripts to each each uh, local news station that they have to read. So basically, it's not like independently owned or those little mom and pop TV shows, TV um, companies anymore in those local areas. So I mean, that's a lot of like exposed marketing.
1: Yeah, no, for
2: sure, sure
1: um yeah i think there are um federal laws around that like um uh, one company can only buy up so many they can't monopolize the local news stations there's a federal law blocking that but i'm sure like the companies are trying to chip away at that law um but yeah there is like an encroaching like more conservative viewpoint of local news which is actually kind of scary now um Very. let's move on to biden's transition now we talked about that same call of civil rights leaders with uh, Vice President. Oh, excuse me, President elect Biden. Let me put some respect on there.
0: This you thing. go.
1: <laughs> oh man, this guy. Uh, you I think
0: you running for Republican Congress in a couple of years, buddy? Wait,
1: well, uh, I I, I am respect. in Florida. I am in Florida. So, yeah, it's true as well. I forgot. Um, so yeah, so President elect Biden again. The same call with the civil rights leaders that got leaked. Um, earlier in that call, uh, the civil rights leaders were really pushing for. Uh, Marsha Fudge, she's a congresswoman out of Ohio, to be the agricultural secretary. Even James, uh, what's his name, James Clyburn, the, yep. uh, the Joe Biden kingmaker, if you will, he was also pushing for Marsha Fudge to be the agriculture secretary. And the reason for this is because there is a lot of old school racism when it comes to our black farmers. Uh, I think yes, there's, sir, the some, USDA. there's some stat that like 0.2% of like USDA agricultural loans mm-hmm. go to black farmers it is the the, the new york times daily did an, a, an amazing podcast yes yeah. what it is like super sad and depressing where like just like these black farmers if you're in a county of the deep south and the county is run by like white people they're not going to get any like help whatsoever from the federal That's government why it's, it's of,
3: funny to me when people say oh my gosh like people make everything about race and it's like you know everything yes everything is everything (laughs) everything is unfortunately and it's unfortunate because a lot of people don't even like i i feel like a lot of people don't even think about that or they don't even care about that because like like nobody unless you i guess live in like a rural area or whatever you keep up with stuff like a lot of people don't even consider farmers during this time like and that's why i say like with the the new deal and like this the whole thing with like oh how um change for the environment is um, like not necessary or, or it seems like it's, you know, there's an argument on each side of like, do we need it or do we not need it? and it's like we need it because it's like farmers first of all farmers are already going through a hard time um like they're having like really hard harvest seasons and stuff and then like with covid and everything well, there's
1: also uh trump's uh, trade, it, war? uh trade war trade war with china yep. that heavily right. no one talks about that we no, gave yeah. a lot of so money I to think, farmers so.
3: um so i think when you're you're talking about maybe the devastation that farmers especially black farmers are experiencing it's definitely a much needed conversation and and so I feel um, that's something that needs to be considered when considering who would head that department. Um,
2: right. I think one, sorry, I think one of the the most shocking thing is that we knew that we needed um, somebody black to be in USDA because um, it, the USDA have a tendency to focus on like the Midwest states, you know, like the Ohio's, the so the sovereign farmers who happen to be black, you know, they get looked over and I think it's pretty shocking that Biden insulted well, Biden transition <laughs> team insulted Marsha Fudge this bad because he said one month ago.
1: Well, you got to tell you got to tell the listeners how like they insulted Marsha Fudge. You got to like Yes,
2: I'm I'm, I'm going all right, to All right, all right. So exactly one month ago, Marsha Fudge said as this country becomes more diverse, we're going to have to stop looking at only certain agencies as those that people like me fit in. You know, it's always you want a black person in labor or a hut, and then a month later, you're going to put her in that same position that she said, like, this is all that we get now. Are we surprised?
0: I'll play devil's advocate. should she just said no if she felt if she truly felt that way?
2: I mean. Marcus yes. has been in government forever. So I think if she get called for a higher service, she's going to take it to serve her country. I'm just defend- defending Black woman 2020, man. <laughs>
3: um, I f- Yeah, like I, I think what, I think Marcus is making a good point. Um, Yeah, but at the same time, it's, yeah, like, cause I think, you know, I think we keep getting picked for these roles because we keep taking these roles. Like, you know, if she felt that strongly about it and was like, okay, you know, we keep getting looked over for other positions, but we keep like getting these same positions. I would, I would think, you know, whatever, I would think that you're only further pushing that agenda by continuing to fill these roles Um, because, you know, even, even though I like genuinely dislike Ben Carson, it's just like Ben Carson, had no right he had no place in his position anyway Uh but it's like you know, him, him Him. being in the position only opens the door for us to continue to fill that position with someone that looks like him. So once they leave, once he leaves, it's like, OK, let's just get another black person to fill that role. OK, when they leave. And, you know, so it's like we're not allowing ourselves to be able to be considered for other roles uh-huh. because we kind of like settle. So I think she I think if she like she said, if she felt that strongly about it, I think she should have turned it down.
0: Neither and another thing too is you know like Carson wasn't really qualified for you know the HUD role, like Fudge really wasn't qualified for the HUD role either. She's mm-hmm. someone who spent her entire career you know spent uh, on agricultural issues really. On agricultural you really issues. know. Which makes a valid yeah.
3: another valid point because it's like you know we're not even they're not even qualified or that's not even their lane. Like I've continued to say I, I use Ben Carson as an example because I feel like he's a, a perfect example. He was a neurosurgeon. Yeah. You know, he he completed. A, a he's of famous. He was a famous neurosurgeon. He he separated two conjoined twins. Like I thought, you know, when I when I heard he got you know picked for HUD, I'm like, that's so far. I would have liked to see him maybe in like another like a health role or you know something or whatever. But to CDC, have him,
0: yeah, uh, human he, health and human there's, services, right? There's
3: urban, know, something, there's healthy, urban. Um, there's something urban.
2: Um, something I was saying, there's urban in the word odd and that's why i feel like they keep picking us but for the you see what
3: happens you know when you know like i feel like him filling that role um and not him not being qualified had negative consequences so we know. keep you know hitting you know like so it's bad enough that we're only occupying these spaces but it's like we're not even qualified for them so it's like you're not even considering me for what i'm good for like so if, if you know like i i can't help but to think and despite how i feel about him i can't help but to think like it's like maybe Ben Carson would have been a better he would have probably been he could have been a, he could have had a different, you know, impact if he was in a role that better suited what he has been a book of his life doing. Like, I may have not been so critical of Ben Carson if he was actually in, you know, a, a role like we just did, like CDC, you know, or whatever something health based because maybe it would have been like he's he knows what he's talking about. He can actually do something. And I just feel like it was a, a, a huge misstep. So I'm I'm hoping maybe that's, that won't continue to be the pattern. But Do you
1: maybe.
0: guys, you guys think that um, you guys are you familiar at all with the opportunity zones?
1: I've, yeah. I'm not too I familiar. Somewhat. It. somewhat. Is that
0: did, those, did that originate out of HUD, or did that come from another an entirely different uh, okay. government body? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like you know. Like what would HUD have had an int- I know that they're kind of involved in kind of community reinvestment, so it seems very like a like a HUD kind of proposal, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure if he had any uh, any effect in that role. And it's just curious that you know, again, getting back to Carly's point, that he wasn't really qualified for it. You know, if he didn't have any impact on that happening, then it's like, what did you really do? You know, in these no, four uh, years that, in the role, what yeah, did you really add it? it? was
2: just, just kind of like a bill? To the White House.
0: Okay. Then And yeah, I I don't really know like what you get from having people that aren't qualified for a role. Or have any kind of like Just,
3: you know, you, you experience have,
0: that would suggest they'd be good in that role what, what good is not, having them there
3: and you're the impact that that has is on everyday people right um, because they're the ones that suffer you know ben carson isn't suffering he, he's doing a job and you know he he's fine and and the people that his policies are like his you know the things that he's you know in charge of in his role it affects the everyday people which it continues to be my you know my call It's just like when are we gonna realize that it's not about them it's about you know like Betsy DeVoe same shit it's not that's what like,
2: I was about to say
3: our situation doesn't she's gonna leave this office completely unchanged she's gonna go back to her regular life or go on to do something else meanwhile she's a billionaire yeah. Like, cool. meanwhile, you know, people who are in school, you know, college students, whatever the case may be, have been severely impacted by her policies. And like, she's going to be like, whatever. And same thing with Ben Carson. Like, there mm-hmm. are people who, have, who are genuinely affected by his, you know, his role or his, you know, incompetence in his role, which he is. Yeah. And they suffer. He doesn't suffer. They suffer.
1: Uh, so let me just say this. I do agree with Marcus 100 said that Marshall Fudge should have rejected it. I, I want to say, and please correct me if I'm wrong, the governor of New Mexico, I think she wanted the uh, health and human service secretary job and they wanted to offer her the interior role and she turned it down right. and the Biden camp just moved on. You know what I mean? So like- I the same think, thing. Yeah, Marsha Fudge, you know, she's, she's been in Congress forever. Yes, Democrats hold the house. She could have just said no out of principle. Um, but let me just finish off this one topic though. Um, So on that same call, uh, the civil rights leaders specifically did not want Tom Vilsack to lead the agriculture department. Uh, Part of that was because Tom Vilsack, when he was uh, Obama's agriculture secretary for all eight years of his term, uh, he fired uh, Shirley Sherrod. I don't know if you guys remember Shirley Sherrod. Yes, Um, sir. Civil rights legend, right? Civil rights legend, but years ago and under the Obama administration, uh, she was speaking to black farmers. I forgot what she said. But you know how like black people talk to other black people mm-hmm. like super casually mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Well, basically like Breitbart got a hold of her talking to other black people like at a conference or something like that. Something very small, nothing like too formal like that. It's right? it was called acorn i
0: think it was called Acorn. i think it was called, yeah, it was called acorn but yeah you continue I don't mean to interrupt no
1: no, no no please fill in the gaps because i can't i'm just going off this off of memory off like years ago right so bright Park yeah. got like, a hold of it spliced up the video and made it sound like she was like spewing hate towards white people no right. she was simply to say there is racism <laughs> and basically the obama administration which again i try to criticize because first black president moved very quickly and swiftly to have her fired or removed from that role, Todd Vilsack was secretary, he had her fired. But, and like but a I, lot of civil wrestlers mm-hmm. were against that. Uh, I,
2: mean, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think, I, Shirley Sherrod was handled so poorly that everybody ended up apologizing to her, even Tom Vilsack. But again, you know, like, I think with the Obama White House, like they were moving in su- at such a rate that they were trying to not seem too radical. And try to stop any little leaks and stuff, you know. Just like the fact, just like that. I, if you watch the whole video, that Jeremiah Wright, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Wright sermon. If you look at the video in context, it's the same thing that happened to Shirley Sherrod, happened, happened to Jeremiah Wright, and Obama had to cut him off. Mm -hmm.
1: Now this is like completely, completely off topic, like way left field, but. Uh, Warnock, the guy that's running in Georgia for the Senate seat, they're doing the exact same thing to him because he's a pastor at Ebenezer Church, mm-hmm. which is the same mm-hmm. church that uh, Martin Luther King preached at uh, when he was alive. Exact same thing. Splices of him preaching to black people yep. to make him yep. seem like he's spewing hate towards um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. white people. It's, um, it's actually, first of all, um, the commercials
3: that are going on between the two of them are like ridiculous. Um, They're really trying to paint uh, him as like this radical who's just like Mm -hmm. completely anti like America or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But he's, you know, that's not what it is. And I, and it's just, it's all, it's like a tactic to kind of like, I think it's just to devote, like to kind of like stray, stray away from like what Kelly, Kelly Loeffler. What is it's to scare Luffler? white
1: people. That's all yeah, it that's, is. That's yeah. it. It's
3: it's right, the just scare white answer. people. That's the same
2: thing <laughs> Brian Kemp did.
3: It's the same thing. Yep. Like instead of <laughs> focusing on <laughs> of focusing on what these two white senators have been doing, you're trying to paint this this person out to be you know something that he's not. But I'm not surprised. Are we surprised? No.
1: Oh yeah,
0: it's no. The, it, what's the counter though? Like, where's the democratic counter to all of this? Like, because again, like these attacks are going to keep coming. But I think uh, yeah. We're to take, uh, it's like, like
3: high the, the,
0: road. You know, what? if you're playing football and you go to tackle someone high, you're going to get trucks, All right. At some point in time, we have to kind of adapt to what yeah. the Republicans do and get and get get in the mud with them. Right? You're there for a reason. You, you have to. Their their tactics, while we may frown <laughs> upon them or Georgia. wave our fingers, they work. All right. We have to we have to get dirty like them. In order to kind of win these kind of elections, if they want to sling mud on you know uh, on Warnock by using you know doctored clips, you know Kelly Kelly Loeffler was was uh, investigated for insider trading. Yeah, so David Perdue was out here selling secrets uh, or, or selling south stocks when he was getting information about COVID that nobody else had. Mm-hmm.
2: Knew about it
0: before they he- both
2: they both are insider traders.
1: So I'll I'll say this though I'll say this I'll be a devil's advocate to Marcus's devil's advocate here. Um, <laughs> I would say I will argue the Democrats are fighting back, but I think the main issue is is that people don't care. And here's my thing, though, right, because I want to go back to when Joe Biden had that phone call with the civil rights leaders and he was saying, defund the police is killing us. Do you know how much crazy shit we just went through in 2020? We went through COVID. Trump's been doing a lot of crazy shit. Uh, I think Trump almost invaded Iran. Like, there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened in 2020 alone with the presidency. And you mean to tell me that what resonated with voters the most was Black people calling for police reform? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you gotta stop and think about, like, if that's what people only cared about the most,
3: but then, like, they won't care about
1: corruption and shit like one that, thing yeah? that.
3: I've learned, especially, and I, you know, I would hope everyone else did, is like, people don't care about what's important. You know, they don't care about what's at stake, they don't care about what they may lose, what, you know, what, how that would affect them. It's like they're just more concerned with putting someone that, that kind of like paints, or just kind of like, I guess, aligns with who they see themselves as and i don't want to say it but it's racist that's the word I'm, that, that's what it is you know it's like
1: that's what it is yeah
3: i'm just gonna call a spade a spade it's what it is they're more focused on well this person is racist and they allow me to be racist and so i'm good with that it doesn't matter if this person's trying to take away my livelihood my house my the way i feed my family my health insurance it doesn't matter to them uh-huh. And so I feel like we have to get past this idea that if we keep coming, like if, if you know that lie, I'm not saying like lies and sometimes I'm saying lie or whatever, because, you know, they're going to do it anyway. But it's like if you see that this person is just making things up, trying to paint you out to be a horrible person, just like just completely falsifying your record, just making up things to prove a point. You need to go ahead and do the same thing because it's been working for them. And it continues to work for them, especially in Georgia. Like, you know, come on right. now, realistically speaking, like if that's what's working, I understand we're trying to be fact-based or like, you know, like we're going through a pandemic, like I really want to help or whatever. That's that's cool, that's fine, That's yeah, 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 yeah whatever. Do that when you get there, but you have to get there first. Yep. And I don't feel, and I feel like we're not, we don't fight as hard to, to get to where we're going like they do. Like they'll step over anybody, they'll throw anybody under the bus, they'll do whatever they have to do to, to fill the roles that they're trying to fill or to put people in the places that they wanna put them in. But when it comes to us, it's like, well, no, we're just gonna tell you what we wanna do and we're gonna tell you how we're gonna do it and we're gonna tell you when we're gonna do it. And it's like people mm-hmm. are looking at you like, oh, okay.
1: Well, all right. So, like, to defend the Democrats here, and I can't believe I'm doing this, but John Ossoff has actually been on the attack pretty aggressively against, like, his opponent. You know, he's calling his opponent a crook. Um, He's highlighting all the insider trading deals, even though, like, um, I forget blank on uh, the senator's name right now. David, David Perdue. David Perdue, like, even though he was, like, not found guilty by the Justice Department, which to me doesn't mean anything, but still, he's still pointing out the corruption. He's, like, pointing out the hypocrisy of it all, just that Republicans collectively, both senators are just joining forces and saying, this black man is going to be public enemy number one. Number one, yep. And, like, it just, it kind of, like, highlights America as a whole, where, like, we're still holding on to, like, these racial views from the past where it's like we can't have this black guy be like radical like, we can't have this black, a black guy be black
3: man in itself you know? it's, it's not a, like being it's almost as like being a black man is just a threat in itself that's literally right you right. know it's right. man right. you have to understand like because see we we're all this is it, this is this is the funniest part to me everyone's so religious when it comes to abortions and stuff like this but then you get a man that's a that's in the church, like he's in the church. And it's like, we don't want that. Yeah,
1: no, it's like, like, yeah, that's not who we wanted.
3: That's not, we wanted, not that one. So it's like, then you start to look at it and it's, that's what it boils down to. It's, you know, you have this, and it's like, even I was watching the debate, I was watching the um, Georgia Senate Senator debate between Kelly and and Raphael and, and she was completely evasive. To mm-hmm. all the questions, she just kept calling him a radical. and- Yeah, like
1: every other word, and, she just you know, said radical.
3: And then that's and that appeal. And you have to understand; she knew exactly what she was doing because she knew who she was appealing to. Right, and you say certain words. They're like dog whistle words. You say certain, and this is like the classic age-old southern strategy. You know, from our good old former president Richard Nixon. Mm. It's just you say certain words. Then ignite, like you don't have to say, oh, this this big black guy, you can say radical and it's gonna mean the same thing to those right. people because they're speaking, uh, uh, like it's in code basically.
1: It's like, like you're right? substituted an N word for something else basically. basically. Yeah. And
3: it's like, it yeah. means the same thing in their eyes and she knows that. And it's like, I just feel like we have to be more aware of that, but it's like, at the same time, at this point, all you can do is if you live in Georgia, Is you know go out for the election, but then it's like I can't help but to think like the people that she's appealing to are they going to outnumber the people that he's appealing to, and that may be the case because it doesn't really seem like the people in Georgia are too upset about their two form like what their two senators have been up to. Like they have made money off of your suffering.
1: Literally. And you're like, <laughs> right? that's
3: fine if they're white. I'm okay with that. Like, it, it's right. a, like, it's fine if a white person does it to me. If, if, a, if a white person Fs me over, I'm cool with that.
1: Right, but, right, right, know,
3: right, right. It's more important, I guess for them, it's more important, like, we just want to keep it white than actually put forward. Like, people are struggling. Like, people can't, like, pay their rent. They can't their families like they are going through a tough time and the people that are supposed to help you the people that you elected to help you are profiting off of your struggle and that yes. is fine and then that's when you start to paint the picture of exactly who we're talking about and that's just a bunch of uneducated ignorant racist conservative whatever the case may be group of people that just want to keep old asking meat. of
0: deplorables
1: Yes.
3: You know, it's like if it in their mind, it's like if it feeds, if it if it if it's not broke, don't fix it. And to them, it's not broken. So I don't think they're interested in fixing it. And so I think ultimately, I don't know. Like I said, I've said it again. I'll say it again and again and again. I don't have too much confidence. I just have to wait and see. But I don't really think it's going to go the way that we hope it's going to go.
1: Agreed, 100. percent And we went on off on a huge tangent. It was a great tangent. All right, let's talk about Biden transition team. <laughs> um, all right. So Joe Biden did say, let's let's, let's big up Joe Biden for a second. I've been tearing him down a lot. He's actually trying. I've been tearing him down a lot. But anyway,s like let's big him up a little bit. He did say he was going to have the most diverse cabinet in history. I do think he's well on track to do that. Um, you know, for example, uh, Lloyd Austin. He is going to be, if approved, he's going to be the first black uh, defense secretary. I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, Lloyd Austin is a general. He's going to need a waiver from Congress um, Mm -hmm. to to do that. I think Tammy Duckworth said that she's not going to vote for the waiver, but she's going to vote to install him for some principles. I don't know. That's what she's for. And um, so Lloyd Austin is going to be the first black defense secretary. I'm all for that. Like, I'm really happy about that. I'm an army brat and what people don't kind of, kind of realize is how diverse our nation's military really is. Yeah. It's very, very diverse. Uh, you could go to some bases, there are black bases. So <laughs> you can like see the diversity in the military so to see someone like Lloyd Austin make it to the pinnacle, head of the department. It's really inspirational. I will say like, um, one thing about Joe Biden's
3: um, cabinet that I, I'll, I'll give him credit for is representation. A lot yes. of people tend to overlook how important representation is. Um, and it and it's not a small thing. It's like it's it is inspirational, you know, that it, it's unfortunate that you know, we still hear the words first in 2020, you know, like oh yeah. first black or first woman. It's you know, it's kind of sad, but at the same time, it's like we have a all-woman cap uh, all woman communications team. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting um some, you know, minority people in these, you know these large roles they're like heading these major um, functions departments in, in our in our you know our government but uh-huh. it's it's no short it's no short thing in, in the sense that it's it's opening maybe hopefully opening the door for other people to you know say like okay hey, we never considered doing this before, but now that we're doing it now because you know I can't help but to think like okay Obama was our first black president. you know maybe down the line we'll have another black president. And who knows if you know Obama wasn't the president when he became the president when we would see that again. So I think representation, if anything, um, is a good thing because it's it encourage. I guess for me it encourages other people that look like us, like you know other women, other you know minorities to keep striving for these these. Like it's no sh- like you can get there if you really wanted to. Yeah. If mean, you can, maybe not. I don't know. But it's like at least you see someone that looks like you, and and it gives you kind of like a, a breath of fresh air like a sigh of relief like okay if they did it maybe I can do it and I think that's what we need we need more people to say I want to go for these big roles because we need people you know we need more diversity in these you know these historically all white spaces.
0: Sounds like uh-huh. you're telling a bunch of people to stop being SoundCloud rappers which I'm also agreement <laughs> with. <laughs> <laughs> um but i just want to i said just distract from your point carl because i think it's true but um going back to the waiver thing um do you think that, that we need to have a uh so i think he needs the waiver because they're supposed to be like a civilian they want to have civilians in charge of these departments do you think that that's a big deal i know we just waived it for jim mattis do you think it matters that we have it now for him for lloyd austin or is this like a nothing issue
1: uh so let me just like to clarify so like the waiver is basically like You need to be out of the military for a certain period of time to serve as Secretary of Defense. So, the Secretary of Defense. Seven years or something. Seven years, I think. You have to be strictly a civilian because it's strictly a civilian role, right? It's supposed to be that separation of powers between the military and uh, the executive branch. Now, uh, do I think it's a big deal? No. But (laughs) I am going to have my eyes on this because the Senate pretty much voted nearly unanimously. For Mattis, right? For James Mattis, so I yeah. don't want to see that exact same thing happen for Lloyd Austin. If that doesn't happen, like something's up there. <laughs> like, there's already
0: cool. been a few Democrats that have come out against him, so I'm like, what's going on here? They they didn't. I don't remember all of this. You know, people standing up against Mattis. So it's like it's weird that they're doing this for for Austin. I know there's some questions about his qualifications or that he's not like a a superstar, quote unquote, mm-hmm. like Mattis was. But it just seems weird that you know this is that he's not getting the same treatment um despite you know reaching the re- reaching the ranks that he did and being retired for i think three or four years now it seems like this shouldn't be a, a, an issue but it could maybe become one
1: yeah i mean like even if you look at lloyd austin's resume like you know he kind of oversaw the trooper jaw in iraq that's yeah. exactly what we want right now right. um so look, his resume is there it's not easy to be a general <laughs> it, no, it takes yeah. a lot of like it takes a lot of work a lot of politics and a lot of education to get up to that level so a lot of
0: time yeah like he's yeah. again you're in the military for that long to get to that point i mean he was leading central yeah. command i think uh up until uh, under obama right he was in there yeah. until 2016 2017 i want
1: to say uh yeah 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 so yeah, yeah so,
0: much, yeah. so I, yeah i think you know to get to that point and then you know like, this is the, ob- the only obvious next step for him. So I think to just kind of be denied that, which which might happen. I hope it doesn't. But weird shit happens in Washington, man. So, you know, we'll see.
1: Yeah, no, we'll see. So, like, again, like, me personally seeing, like, a black guy as defense secretary definitely means a lot. Um, yeah. If we're talking about, like, people who were secretaries in, like, the wrong roles, I would highlight Colin Powell as our secretary of state under George Bush. Hey. He probably should have been our first black <laughs> secretary of defense. But I don't no. want to go off on a separate tangent. No.
0: I, I remember reading it, I was like, wait, he, I, I saw the first, you know, for Lloyd Austin. I was like, wait, there wasn't Colin Powell that role? And no, he wasn't. But it's, it's, no. weird. it's weird how that goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. Um, so let's just continue down here. Susan Rice, we did talk about Susan Rice, I think, on last podcast, routine episodes ago. Um, she does have a job now. Uh, she's going to be the domestic advisor. Uh to Joe Biden, so congrats to Susan Rice there. Her
0: role she doesn't really have another person who is kind of miscast, I would think. This is someone with foreign policy experience now handling domestic policy. It seems kind of weird, but yeah. it does seem kind of weird. It's good to have her there though. She, I mean, she's clearly qualified to have this kind of role. It's just a, it's just in a world where her experience isn't really align, but you know, good for her to be back in the game.
1: Yeah, it seems like they're very scared to have her go through the confirmation process, which yeah. To me, like the whole Benghazi thing, if you want to talk about like, you know, you know blowing an investigation out of proportion, that was one. Um, we spent millions of dollars on this investigation to just turn out it was just like what red tape for the government that caused the whole incident. So was
0: really like this way, it was, it was really just an anti Quentin crusade i thought because they were worried about her yes. running in 2016 so they wanted to have something in her this wanted to have that in people's ideas uh people's minds when you know election time came like oh wasn't she at the center of that whole investigation we did for several years and wasting millions of dollars on yes i would want to vote her in for president so i think yes. that was kind of the strategy but e- either way I, susan rice got you know dragged through that as well unfortunately
1: she did um and it was crazy to think about like that is a government funded taxpayer funded so our tax dollars paid for an anti-Clinton campaign.
0: <laughs> all right. This isn't. This is something the Democrats should keep in mind when we're running against Republicans. Is that when they're when they're in charge, they're they're using our taxpayer dollars to go golf, to run rich trend rich hunts for no reason. And yes. They're just wasting our money. All right. Do you really and and giving tax cuts to to corporations in the term for like trillions of dollars. Is this who you want to pass the sticks to America this is this is how democrats needs to start uh need to start campaigning but i don't want to go
1: there but continue yeah. no we we gotta do the name call and it seems to work it seems to stick with people i agree with you marcus we just gotta come up with some crazy names and start name calling here
0: we're just gonna take over the dnc
1: that's our next that's the next thing liberalism oh yes 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 i like that idea uh pete Buttigieg, uh he's been like pretty uh pretty aggressive in asking the biden transition team for a role uh, I think the Biden transition team, it was rumored uh, that he, they were going to offer him the VA spot. He said no to that. He wanted the UN, the Secretary, I'm sorry, the Ambassador to the UN role. That was off, obviously offered to someone else. Uh, so he might get the Ambassador to China role. I don't know if that's official yet, but that's what the latest rumors are as of right now. Actually, so, I actually have a new one for, for no. Uh, just read a couple of hours ago
0: that he might be the secretary for transportation Trans- Transportation, yep. instead of. Uh, I don't oh, think he qualified
2: for none of this.
0: He's not. He's not. <laughs> he's a good ambassador to have on Fox, but still. A small town mayor.
2: A small town. I think there's more people that more people live on my block, my street, than than live in Pete Buttigieg's town or city that is the mayor.
0: Don't disrespect South Bend, the home of University of Notre Dame.
2: I've never heard somebody say I'm going to take a vacation in Fort um,
1: South
0: Bend because nobody goes to Indiana for vacation.
1: So this is this is off on another complete tangent. But the one thing I did like about Amy Klobuchar. During um uh, when she was running for president, was that she absolutely hated Pete Buttigieg because <laughs> she knew it does
2: a little bit zombie. Like why are you here? Sir? She
1: like her hatred towards this guy. I don't know what he said to her or about her, but she had a vendetta against him. I she know. like emphasized he was a local official. She kept throwing that term around there. Yeah. I don't know. He, he did, she
2: did call him a local
1: official. A couple of times. She did like a lot. Like she emphasized this. This man is a local official, he's nothing special about this guy. <laughs> uh, but again, that was off on a tangent. And then, speaking yeah, of that, I was g- a beautiful tangent. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. We're gonna have you on more often, not because of that. <laughs> uh, speaking of the head of DNC, uh, James Clyburn again, Joe Biden Kingmaker. He wants uh, Jamie Harrison to be the head of the DNC. Um, so we'll see who Joe Biden decides to go with there. That I think Marcus, you predicted that uh the senator out of Alabama Doug Jones Doug Jones was going to be the attorney general. I did see his name as like appearing mm-hmm. right now, appearing like here and there for that Pacific world. So you might you might be right on that one. I should have bet on it.
0: I feel I feel very good about that
1: one. Oh, betting on politics is a nasty, nasty thing. but it's, it's for right. the degenerates. <laughs> it's for the degenerates, man.
0: If you're betting on politics, you're you're a degenerate.
1: Marcus, we're going to talk offline about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, let's, let's uh, go to our final segment here. Let's just go through a couple of headlines. Um, and then let's talk about pardons. Uh, so America's mayor, I'm going to keep using this term because everyone called Rudy Giuliani America's mayor. So he's America's mayor That was
2: life. That was <laughs> centuries ago at this point.
1: I don't care. He's that was America's man. <laughs> coming out of his head during the, in the middle of interviews. Pre-ooze. Uh, so basically, um, it is rumored that he asks uh, Trump for a pardon. He's denying it, but he, there's rumors that he asked for one. He also had COVID. He got the best government care for it. He's recovering now. And while he was testifying in Michigan uh, to overturn the election results there, allegedly he did farted. Wow, on the floor. Mm-hmm. Oh,
3: geez. Um,
1: geez. Rudy. So Rudy. It is a very funny video. I do you recommend know, you guys he's go of that
3: up up. He's of that age where it's just not as controllable as it once is. So, you know, you have to give him a pass.
1: No, 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 no!
3: We're
0: not, we're not doing that. No, no, no we're no, not no. going high anymore. All
1: right. No, 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 no. I've saw man. like a lot of like YouTube videos oh, oh, about oh, this guy. Yeah, he is a nasty old man. Like, have you seen like him in a handkerchief video that oh so was circulating I mean, around?
3: <laughs> that was so nasty. disgusting. And especially considering like, I can't even tell you, and it's funny, and I and. I can't if he if he can do that like knowing that like there's cameras imagine like how bad it is behind camera like how nice <laughs> right, how right. looking like that's just he's you know and it's funny because after that whole situation with the whole drip and everything or whatever I was like you know he's gonna get COVID if he hasn't had it already oh
1: for for sure it. and no, for sure. For sure. Like you can just look at him and be like, this guy's going to get COVID. Like it's just a matter of time before we get but, to the headline.
3: But um, I think it's kind of funny. Isn't like Trump basically uh, pardoning everyone except. Yes. <laughs> um, what's his name? Um, is it. Uh, he's pardoning everyone except the person that actually went to jail for him.
1: Uh, what's his name? This is, uh, uh, I thought it's not Roger Stone,
3: right?
1: Oh, uh, is it Michael Cohen? <laughs> uh, oh, no, no, no! Michael Cohen's on the blacklist. No, yeah, no, Michael, yeah uh, he hates Michael Cohen.
0: Plus, Papadopoulos? Yeah. George Papadopoulos, I think his name was, or something like
1: that. Maybe, you sure it wasn't Cohen? Or I don't know. Did no, Cohen I'm, even go to jail. I'm sorry,
3: I'm thinking, I just think Cohen's in
1: jail, but first, I, I think, think he's in jail for his own
3: things. How you know, and you know, I am interesting to. am interested to see, or I don't know. I haven't really been keeping up with, with it, but. I know Trump is not going to pardon him, but I can only imagine how infuriating that must be, considering everything that he had to go through, and then he ended up going to to jail. And it's like this man just continues to kick you, like while you're down. So,
2: hundred percent. Chris Christie personality, man.
3: Like just blind loyalty. Chris Christie's
1: a legend, man. Don't don't make fun of him. My man, a legend. My man took the state helicopter to go to his kids' game, and people loved him. Like, that's your hey. tax dollars.
0: <laughs> that's South Jersey. You had nothing to do with it.
2: Uh, my my, my <laughs> man those shut are, down a those bridge. Are the physical that's the party of the physical responsibility.
1: Right right. Yeah. Didn't he also shut down a beach so he can just take his family out there? Yes. <laughs> he shut down yes. the
0: beaches, yeah. And then, he, then he got uh, the someone took a picture down of because him.
2: Because he got mad at somebody. Yeah,
0: got mad um, at a mayor who wouldn't endorse him for governor, so he shut down the bridges to create traffic. My man is a living legend. Oh, he's, a,
3: he's he's just... He's, a, he's horrible.
0: He's disgusting. Uh, right.
3: yeah. he,
1: he is. Yeah, he, he's, he's not a good guy. I'm just joking about him. Um, all right, so moving down headlines. Uh, the House did pass a bill to decriminalize marijuana at the federal level. Of course, this was mostly on party lines. The Democrats in the House voted overwhelmingly for it. Uh, however... Uh, it is expected to be dead on arrival in the Senate. Um, now, there's a Republican opposition to this bill. It's all BS, but I'm going to do my job and tell you what their opposition is. Uh, they're saying one it's a waste of time. There's other more important things to do. Why can't Congress do more than one thing simultaneously? I don't know. But uh, they're calling it a distraction. They're saying it could lead to more impaired driving, et cetera. So... Republicans aren't for it even though we talked about the um, podcast that there's bipartisan support for it.
3: It's actually funny to me because I feel like you would save some like we would actually save like two it's a two part thing, like uh, with mm-hmm. the, the marijuana thing. One, you would be making money because you're opening a new industry essentially yes that's something where you can get revenue from through taxes and and everything and then people can you know as much as they invest in other things they can invest in that Two, Mm -hmm. it's just costly to house prisoners and it's like just think of how much money you would be getting back if you were only housing people for like really serious offenses like I think you're you know you're so that's, that's the only reason why I'm like a little shocked that that is, I mean, I was always kind of like, you know, maybe it wouldn't, it would get some pushback once it got that far. But I was also kind of like, well, if they looked at it like through a capitalistic or like a money move type of thing, then it would make more sense. But
2: I don't I know. So to the Christian base. Huh? It's hard to sell to the Christian base back yeah, home. Yeah, like, you know? I don't
3: I don't know, you know, and I think, and, and it's funny to me because we're always talking about how, you know, the government's always talking about some, well, we don't have money for this and we don't have money for this. But then it's like when the opportunity presents itself for you to either make money or get back some of the money that you're continuously putting out, it's kind of like. Well, no. Yeah,
1: I think this is a separate podcast. I think there's a very deeper, darker reason why behind it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if prisons are necessarily bleeding money as much as you would like and the reason why is that slavery does uh, still exist in the United States The loophole is actually through the prison. Uh, So private corporations can make money off the prisons. There's also the private prisons as well. And even in a public prison, there's private services that the prisoners have to pay for and use within that prison that they're making a lot of money off of. Um, I think it's just easier for a government to put someone in jail, as opposed to actually investing in that person, making sure they have like, a job, a house, or something like that, so. Right. That would be the, that, would and be There's also racism too, <laughs> like sprinkle yeah. racism on top of it. There's also that as well, so. Start with racism and just go from there. <laughs> You're right, Marcus, I feel like, I, uh,
3: ra- I feel like racism is the onion, like it's like the core is racism and then everything else is just it's going to lead you right back to where you're going. Like everything yes. is all leading back yeah. to racism. It's really what it is. And and again, yeah. everyone always wants to say, why is everything about race? Why is everything about... because?
1: Uh, hey, that's where it all be began, gay. right? Because of you <laughs> like, guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> because of you white people who won't get over it.
3: But it's, it's funny to me, because again, this is another, op- another example of how much information is, is readily available on the prison industrial complex, mass incarceration, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And yet we still think that, oh, prisons just exist because people do bad things. Like it's not yeah. that it's not that people do bad things. How about we start to say, what does what doesn't the government do or what doesn't the government provide the everyday person that leads them down this path where it's like I have to commit Crimes. I have to rob, I have to sell drugs, I have to do this, I have to do that in uh-huh. order to beat my family. It's really just well, as simple as that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, again, back in 1968, the government did a whole commission on that, and they have all the answers for it. And uh, the defund the police movement, I know we kind of, like, beat that topic to that a little bit, but the whole purpose of that is just, like, to invest in other government services. Uh, to prevent further crime or help reduce other crime, so
3: because that's uh, what it is investing yeah. in, investing in uh, sending people to prison, putting people on you know like just giving people any sort of punishment is not what's going to lower crime rates. It's not going to lower the the prison number. What's going to change, if anything, is reinvesting in communities that you deem criminal. You know, like everyone wants to talk about urban communities and how it's just a cesspool of crime and drugs and, you know, unmotivated people who are just lazy and everything. But it really it's like there's a lack of resources. And if we took the money from prisons or the money that we use to that we funnel through prisons and and reinvest them into actual programs, we may find uh, almost, I mean, there's been several studies that will say that th- that's really what where the work needs to be is giving people more of an incentive to want to do the right thing or to want to, you know.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, no, you are a thousand percent right. Like economically, it does make sense. Politically, I don't know if it does, right? Because and the reason why it's like um, a lot of these prisons, like least state prisons are based like rural the rural parts of the state. And they're there for a reason. They're there to provide jobs for that rural area. So like, um, you know, I think a lot of it is just political, which is why they're not focusing too much on that. Because if you want to get a suburban or rural vote, you're, you're not gonna pay attention to the urban vote whatsoever. Yeah. And that's just like the unfortunate thing about it as well. Um, but speaking of criminal justice, America's top cop, William Barr is set to resign. Um, I think this was after we kind of found out that Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's um, surviving son, is uh, under investigation by the federal government. And President Trump wanted this to be known to the public before the election. And William Barr is like, no, I can't do this. I'm surprised he stood on this hill. And he's resigning now because of that. I'm assuming he's resigning because of that. Let me just clarify that.
0: It's nuts that this is, like, if you think of all the things Bill Barr has done in service of Trump, like, this is the thing that, that you know, that broke, broke the camel, broke the straw, right? Like, this is, like, he couldn't go this yeah. far. Like, uh, I don't know. Um, like, it's good that he's it. leaving, but it's, it's nuts that this is, that he has kind of pushed this far to act this way. I don't know.
1: Yeah, Marcus, right. that was a thing like that doesn't make sense to me because William Barr was ride or die of Trump. He was. <laughs> so and like Yeah,
0: Biden's like the that's the that's the last bar that's, that that's you're not gonna break. Like what's like what's what's going on there?
1: Yeah, no, I think weren't like was the Justice Department even considering like looking into like the past administration to like investigate yeah. them? Yeah,
2: and Trump didn't like that you didn't know, launch a full investigation into that i don't know
0: i, I don't know good riddance yeah um, goodbye and good riddance man better is in better shape uh with, with yeah. it's only for a month better actually shoot i don't even know if we're better off because trump can name someone to be the acting ag and they can get it you already of crazy already shit right oh dear so yeah uh, we can find yeah, it being in trouble because of it, it
3: I'm going to be uh, Deputy Attorney General Jeff Rosen will be uh Yeah, filling in for like, it's funny, because I said to someone the other day, it's becoming like internships at this point. (laughs) He's firing people to be in these roles for like two weeks, three weeks. And it's like, you're about to leave, too. So I don't you know, I don't I I understand, you know, Trump is I'm starting to get the idea that he's a very emotional person. Like once you do something to him, he doesn't like, you know, you're out of here. I get that. Mm -hmm. But considering that you should be focused on packing your stuff and getting out like you don't I don't doesn't make any sense to me why you're that's your focus like you're leaving too. like you're you're getting fired, you're firing people and you're, you know, firing hiring and, you know, and I just can't help but to wonder to the people that he calls It's like they don't say like, why?
0: Not just that like we're still in the middle of this pandemic. (laughs) I know the I know the vaccines just went out today from Pfizer, but, you know, 300,000 people have died of this thing. What the hell are you doing? That you're over here getting catching feelings because people won't do your bidding. Yeah. You know, yeah. For an election, like get it together, man. Grow the fuck up. Yeah. I, I don't get it
1: either. Um, but hey, that's our president. And not anymore. <laughs> not anymore.
3: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Who's all right. And so I just want to go to our last topic. I know we're running a little bit over, but um, let's talk about Congress for a little bit. Um, so there is supposed to be a COVID stimulus package that's coming out. Um, there is a group of centrist senators, uh, that are pushing for like a $900 billion COVID stimulus package. Thank you, Uh, Susan Collins. Susan Collins. I'm going to go through the storyline. I'm going to have to ask you a question to you, Marcus. Um, basically, uh, what these group of centrist senators is like, they're dividing up this $900 billion package. About 750 billion of it is going to go towards boosting education, uh, the vaccine distribution, uh, transportation, and other funding that hasn't really been specified. And then $160 billion is going to go towards state and local government aid and also provide short-term liability shields for employers. Um, now, me personally, I don't think employers should receive any liability uh, protections. If they're not providing the right protections for their employees, I do think they should be fair game. But- yeah. I'm willing to hear another side of the argument for maybe I'm, I'm missing something, but Marcus, the question I wanted to ask you, is Joe Manchin the de facto Senate minority leader now?
0: I'm afraid he is like, he's, does it get any more centrist than, than Joe Manchin right now? I think he's going to no. be, the, I think he's going to be the guy that is kind got, got of, he, he's going to do Joe Biden's bidding and standing up against you know that the radical left. Um, yes, you know, kind of bully him in the Senate or, you know, should the should the unforeseen happen in Georgia and Warnock and, and uh, Ossoff win? But yeah, he's going to be he's going to be the leader. He's going to be the guy that they turn to, um, even if, you know, Schumer is, you know, kind of has the title. It's going to be Mansion's going to kind of be the bellwether. Um, right. Don't underestimate Schumer's ability to kind of play that centrist role, too. He can kind of get on that liberal horse when he wants to, but he has no problem kind of t- tacking back to the middle if he needs to.
1: Yeah, I mean, Schumer, yeah, Schumer is, like, I think he's just there for power. I don't think he has, like, any real ideology, to be honest. I don't know if there's any hills that Schumer is going to die on outside of, like, healthcare, like, for Obamacare. But, like, other than that, I don't really see Schumer dying on any Pacific Hill. Don't touch those, those banks. <laughs> that's true. Don't touch <laughs> his precious banks. Like <laughs> that no, is That's also awesome. true. Don't fuck with them. Also that's that's true. the money. Yeah, that's also very true. <laughs> um, but the reason why I actually that, Marcus, is because uh, this centrist bill is being led by pretty much Joe Manchin. Like Joe Manchin is pretty much the face of this centrist bill. Um, I'm old enough to remember when he, we were like worried about him getting voted out, like in
0: 2000. Mm-hmm. I forget when the election was, but he was he was always one of those guys that was on the on the fence, like oh, he's not going to win. How can he win in West Virginia? And now he's you know basically going to be you know he's he might be the number two in the Senate now, or he's going to be somebody who matters a lot more than he should.
1: He is going to be. If if we win Georgia, he is gonna be, I think, more powerful than Chuck Trimmer. I think Chuck Trimmer, like you said, is gonna have the title, but I think he's actually gonna be the de facto Senate leader though.
0: Yeah, because again if Manchin defects, if Manchin's like, I can't do this, you know, right. Everybody's out. <laughs> right. You have to basically win over Manchin to get anything done. You know, should and Democrats get him to get an advantage.
1: Exactly. And yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: And I, I think like ideologically, I think he's more in line of, like what Joe Biden wants. Um, So, because Joe Biden is a big believer in bipartisanship. I don't know why, because eight years of Obama should have taught you bipartisanship died a long time ago. But he is a big believer in bipartisanship and uh, so is Manchin. So I think like those two (laughs) ideologically is is going to fall in line. I have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, no, we we will. So hopefully we do win Georgia. We'll see about that. When's the election in Georgia? Is that in January? January fifth. January fifth. Yeah. January fifth. All right. So we'll keep a close eye on that one. All right, guys. So that's all I have for today's episode. It's been really fun. Ryan, you've been a great guest. Yes, thanks, Ryan, for coming through. Show vibe, man. All right, we're gonna have to talk to the producer. Yeah, to get us like a round of applause and give you like a very good formal goodbye for this episode. Uh, but guys, this is all I have for this uh, episode. If you do like the podcast, again, support us in any way possible by telling your friends or family, people that you don't like, people you barely talk to, whoever. Um, but with that said, we are out, guys.